Hello, everybody, and welcome to this unwanted sub-episode 12.1 of Radio Podcast. We had been intending on bringing you another combination of more music from the inimitable Mr. James C. Cord and a world-first exclusive interview with the man. However, world events have conspired against us. And as it turns out, they have been for many years. What? Top stories. Flint, Michigan update. No, 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 no. Rob, this isn't what we're here for. Governor Snyder is still being a twat, but we are going to move along. Moving on. Good boy. Main story, Panama Papers, part two. If you haven't heard our coverage thus far of the story in episode 12, for shame. And why not? Shame. Go back right now. We'll stop. Get yourself caught up. Uh, are they gone? I think um, so. Great. Uh, for those still with us, uh, we're going to press on and they can catch up again. So, <laughs> Don't. Sh- don't tell. <laughs> uh, Diana, <laughs> would you please get us caught up to speed? Uh, yes, sir. Um, our obligatory recap is that uh, the delicious-sounding Panamanian law firm Mosek Fonseca had about two terabytes of data passed along to eager recipients, amounting to 11.5 million pages worth of documents. The German newspaper... (laughs) I was fine last week. Uh, Last week, yeah, you you were great last week. You nailed it. Um, Do you want me (laughs) to try this time? Zoidusche Zeitung? Uh, Is that right? Zeitung, I would go with, but... All right, we'll go with that. Well, they were the lucky winner there. And they've been working (laughs) with journalists globally over the last year to try and expose this whole story. Yeah, early protestations of no wrongdoing were technically correct to the letter of the laws crafted by those who were the beneficiaries of those laws. Um, And... I think, yeah, I mean, essentially these people abdicated all moral responsibility towards the countries that they were from, um, some of them by being despotic warlords in the first place, um, others just by being David Cameron and, you know, he's any pig in a poke kind of fella. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All right, Uh, well, let's, uh, I think what we're going to do now, yeah, let's break it down into what countries are doing what. As that we know so far. Yeah, these really aren't bite-sized portions. These are portions that you're going to choke on, partly because of the size and partly just because of the sheer amount of what the fuck itness that goes on in each of these. Panama. Well, the authorities have finally caught up with Mosek Fonseca. <laughs> they needed a good drink They're... too, huh? That's right. They were very thirsty and decided to find the closest branch office 
to get their drink on. No. Um, <laughs> this past Tuesday, the 12th of April, the Panama City headquarters for Mossack Fonseca were raided by the Panamanian authorities. They went in Tuesday afternoon. The search lasted through till Wednesday morning. It looks like they were looking for, and this is very specific, quote, evidence of possible illegal activities. <laughs> uh, fish, barrel. Yeah. yeah. So. Although that said, I mean, they had been very careful to craft a number of laws around the place that may make what they do technically legal. It certainly doesn't make it any less immoral. Yes, they're definitely two different things. Um, so they're trying to figure out, and, and there are representatives from the Attorney General's office that did the rating. A spokeswoman for the public ministry said that the reason that they went into the raid was to try and verify whether the information published in the media was true. So I guess they're looking for corroborating documents. I can only imagine how this would look. Or it does look for the country of Panama, you know, hey, look, we, we're allowing this to happen and these sorts of companies to be set up through agencies with it operating within our borders. I think it, it for myself, it's the same as I would regard it in any other country. It's the you can't blame the general populace because, you know, everybody's got the same central objectives of feed, clothe and shelter their kids. You know, um, right. but it's these quiet. I mean, it's not really a black economy, although it does operate completely in the shadows. In the same way that the the drug trade has tried very hard to hide and disguise what they do with their money, including using some of these shell companies. The people at the very top end of the the cycle are also using these same vehicles to hide what they're doing. The firm's co-founders, Jurgen Mosek and Ramon Fonseca. Um, both stated in a joint release that they've committed no crimes. The authorities shouldn't be focusing on their work, but what caused the leak. Um, basically, uh, we're not responsible for the actions of the shell companies um, and the use of the off offshore accounts that we have helped to create. Uh, we stand ready, willing, and eager to cooperate with the authorities on their latest investigation to ensure this situation is brought to a just conclusion. In this case, we're the ones against whom a crime has been committed. Our systems have been unlawfully breached by parties external to the firm. The prosecutors from the attorney general's office, the specific group, the division that is doing some of this investigation is the intellectual property division. And they are, one of the reasons that they were in there gathering information was to explore the firm's connection to the leak and try and figure out if it was an outside hacking or an insider leak. Yeah. I mean, on one level, you can understand them being concerned about the, the breach in their security. Um, on the other side, there is the feeling of them simply using the defense of, well, I was... I was following the laws or I was just obeying orders. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is, uh, 
yet another twist that's been thrown in here. We'll keep everyone informed as we get more information. Moving on. Moving on. USA. So as of yet, we have not begun to see too many U.S. revelations from these papers. Um, preliminary reports state there are around 200 U.S. addresses listed, but that doesn't necessarily equate to 200 Americans. And there have been a couple of theories as to why the number's been so low. First off, there are a lot of firms who set up these kinds of accounts all over the world. And yeah, it might be Mossack that... Yeah, Fonseca is not one of the biggest players in this at all. You know, there's, uh, I think, four or five companies that are countries even that are bigger players than than this expose. So... Yeah, the... It's a very good possibility that everybody has just been very, very lucky. Um, <laughs> but there's also the fact that America has some pretty dodgy tax laws on its own turf. Um, two of the places that Mosek Fonseca has set up incorporated companies in the United States were Nevada and Delaware. Um both of these states have some pretty interesting tax laws in and of their themselves. Um, Delaware's pretty close. I'm in Maryland. Delaware's our, our neighbor here. And um, I know my parents are planning on retiring to Delaware here shortly, thanks to the fact that they don't tax pensions. Um, there's no sales tax. Their whole tax structure is very interesting. Um, they even have their own chancery court set up within the state which specializes in settling business disputes so it's uh it's a good state for things to be going on a certain laissez-faire attitude towards full disclosure yeah it's very loose as far as who is allowed to be the primary shareholder in a company that's incorporated there. I know I see a lot of limited liability companies come through my particular job that have been set up in Delaware. It's a nice place to be. If you're a company. Uh, If you're a corporation. (laughs) It's it's a very good cover your ass kind of place. So, um, even though a lot of people like to bitch about the American corporate tax rate and how terrible it is, there's definitely, definitely some wiggle room around here. So, um, you know, part of the other reason there may not be a whole lot of people on the list is one of the other reasons there may not be a lot of Americans on the list that have been disclosed is it's just so much data and they just are not, not through it yet. So we will keep you abreast of the situation if any U.S. names pop up. But it's looking like uh, the U.S. might not look like the biggest loser for once. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how that pans out. We have uh, another week to see what revolutions they are. Um, (laughs) And we will report back on what we know in Full episode 13. 
Yep. Any any updates? We will let you know. Next country. Sounds good. Great Britain. As we mentioned last week, more and more revelations about how the UK's Prime Minister... You remember his name from last week, Diana? Yeah, David Cameron. Uh-huh, Cameron Pickstick. Very good, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, as he was uh, called by Dennis Skinner during the uh, the past week, Dodgy Dave, which got uh, <laughs> Dennis Skinner rejected from the House of Commons. Uh, Dennis Skinner, salute you, sir. Well played. <laughs> well played. Um yeah, the, the, the rash of revelations just keep getting more and more bizarre. Um, and part of the, the context, what makes people so angry there right now is that the, the Tories, uh, were re-elected last year on a platform of, um, well, essentially making Britain great again, which they've never been able to do. Hey, wait a minute. That slogan sounds vaguely familiar. Where have I heard something about making somebody great again? Uh, 19, uh, well, about a century ago in Germany. Well, there was that and some kind of a red hat and a bad haircut underneath it. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. Look, I I don't know what trumped up charges you're trying to level against this, but (laughs) I'm not going to hear any more of it. Sure, sure. Go ahead. We're not covering the douche hair this week. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so the Tories launched a, a two-pronged attack on the infrastructure of the UK. The The first was that they declared a massive austerity drive and they cut benefits, um, left, right, and center. I mean, just people who need the money are suddenly being deprived of this money because the Britain has to work on a tightest budget. We've got to t- all tighten our belts. And, um, I mean, it, it's led people to, to suicide because they simply had no other way out um, and were, were desperate. Um, and then the, the Tories, being as they are, have decided to sell off everything else that they can. They are uh, systematically trying to drive the National Health Service, the NHS, um, into the ground and destroy the morale of the the doctors, particularly the junior doctors, by forcing new contracts on them. Um, the schools, they have decided they want to try and make all the schools in the UK become um, academies, which essentially means they privatize the school. They sell it all off, and then there's no local authority, really, over the courses and content. I mean, it's just the most bizarre madness even by american politics this is fucking bullshit so Mm -hmm. i tell you that to set the context of why these tax revelations have been so uh, just unbelievable in the context of everybody's got to work together tighten our belts yada 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 we're all we're all british um well apparently no we're fucking not because cameron's father had one of these shallow companies out in the um, the Seychelles. Uh, it moved to Ireland at some point. Cameron claims to have no shares or fiscal interest in it. Seems that may be true for him, but other family members still do. And he's not the only one. Um, some Tory minister whose name I do not intend to remember 
um, came out and said that the, the wealthy are being victimized and that there's actually a wealth trap, that people get to be so wealthy that they get trapped in being wealthy. Well, excuse the fuck out of me, but I think we can help you with that. I really do. Because uh, if you, because uh-huh, if if you did the decent thing and ponied up your share of the tax burden, we wouldn't have all the people that, who are propping up society being driven into absolute destitution. Yes, I know that the Tories have this masturbatory wet dream about bringing Britain back to some Victorian era when kids were sent up chimneys when we used to have chimneys for industry to clean them out and. Yes, it was all very lovely living in a Dickensian society. Congratulations, well done. But no, that's not how these things are supposed to work anymore. Um, other fascinating little revelation was that the um, officers of uh, Her Majesty's <laughs> Customs and Excise, the Inland Revenue, the tax offices, um, are not owned by the government anymore. They are owned by, can you guess? I got nothing. A shell company. Oh, Jesus. Can you guess where it's based? It's Uh... not in the UK. It's not subject to British tax law. So the the inland revenue is paying rent to a company that is offshore and doesn't pay tax. (laughs) Uh, My head just exploded. How is that legal? uh, Welcome to the mysterious world of Tory politics where nothing matters. You guys, you guys conquered too many things. You, you forgot how governments are supposed to be set up. Yes. Yeah, we've forgotten how things are supposed to be run. Um, mm. It really is bizarre. And a, a lot of the, the newspapers in the UK are steadfastly ignoring these stories doing their damnedest to make sure that they don't cover any of this shit. If there's a pair of tits they can put on the front page, they will do it. Anything to bury this story. That always cracked me up. Side note, that the fact that you guys have like a topless weather girl on page three. She's not a weather girl. Like, oh. Well, you can probably tell how warm it was at the time or more to the point how cold. But <laughs> outside of that. Right. Speaking of the, the boobs in government, uh, the Tories... <laughs> right, so uh, one piece of brilliance on this. I mean, they have been doing their darndest to fight any digging into the story. The Guardian and The Independent, yes, it's what they do. Uh, if you're looking for another good website, The Canary um, is fabulous for digging up stories, but they're not a print paper. They don't want to cover this stuff because I am pretty sure most of them have shell companies overseas that manage most of their <clears throat> profits and proceeds and make sure the taxman sees a little of it. And uh, to the point where um, <sighs> there's been demands for Cameron to le- release his tax records, and he's against it because it's a private thing, and I, he's going to have to come out and do it. There was also then a call for Jeremy Corbyn, who's the leader of the Labour Party, which is currently the opposition party, and he did. And uh, the the Sun newspaper... Um, did this expose about, well, he got um, paid this £1,850 for, for doing these, these speeches, and, uh, and isn't this a disgrace? That's what he put down on his um, tax declaration. That's like a 
I don't know, uh-huh. a tenth of speaking fees that, uh, you know, people command over here. Mm-hmm. That's Right. So um, another newspaper decided to investigate that, and they did. And they found out that um, Corbin had overpaid. The actual amount was 1580 Seems that two numbers were transposed. And so <sighs> he's actually due a tax refund. <laughs> Nice. Well, you know where that tax refund's going to go. Straight to the Seychelles. <laughs> no, not with Corbin. And this He's going to put it in a bottle and kiss the bottle and throw it into the water. <laughs> and it's going to float there magically. Uh, no, the uh, with Cameron, totally hides where most of the money is. I mean, either by not having it under his name, having it under somebody else's, hiding it hidden in a... In a station, you know, in a, a tax haven account somewhere, Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party, just goes ahead and over reports his income. Ah, eh, what the hell? More money nice. than God, that man, apparently. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, All uh, right. Well, where, where else in the world have, can we find our next Panama paper story? Oh, Canada. Now on to the Great White North. Canada. <laughs> uh, reports from various news agencies, uh, specifically the CBC, is that the Canadian Revenue Agency, the Canadian equivalent to our IRS. And when she says our, she means the American IRS. <laughs> right. Yeah. We just went into the UK IRS equivalent. Um The CRA has been uh, formally requested of the CBC to hand over all of the tax haven data so that way they can appropriately levy uh, back taxes and penalties for those Canadians who may have been sheltering money illegally. I don't believe that of any Canadian. I don't think that that's possible. Um, Isn't the connect pronunciation of it the CRA, eh? You're closer up there than, than I am, so I. Look, I live in New let's Hampshire. Let's pretend not, that you know better. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm in New Hampshire. You're thinking of Vermont, Canada's Florida. <laughs> Both of them are way closer than Maryland. <laughs> yeah, that is as such. Yes, See, I do know some geography. Not the total ignorant American. Well, back back to the story at hand. The CBC declined the request to the CRA um, similarly to a request that they received um, when there was another massive cache of tax haven data um, back in 2013. Um, Basically, uh, a statement from the CBC, they said, uh, the CBC News does not reveal its sources and we are not about to start now as a result of this request. So, they're holding on to their journalistic integrity. And, the CRA uh, did make a statement, though, that they weren't interested in the CBC sources. What they were interested in is the the list of people that they should go after. They didn't much care at that point as to where the information had come from, how they had obtained it. What they wanted to know was, what is it you know? And the, the CBC says, well, we'll be publishing all of this in May, and you can see it all then, but... Um, that's all going to be scrub data, so there'll no, be no 
nothing personally identifying, so no um, equivalent of social security numbers or that sort of information in the mm-hmm. in the download from the the, um, the CBC. But yeah, the the we mentioned last week the group, the Washington-based International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, are actually um, in the process of putting that searchable database together. Um, and they said that, like you mentioned, it would all be available in early May. But uh, basically, the, the CRA said that they didn't want to wait. So um, it's more important. The exact but- statement is, yeah, this information would be of greater value to us if obtained in a timelier manner so that we can begin our work immediately. It's sort of more important but less titillating than the searchable database that was put up for that um, extramarital dating site. That's the one, Ashley Madison. Yeah. (laughs) More important. I don't think there'll be any, no Duggars in the uh, (laughs) shell game. (laughs) Yeah, the the thing with the Duggars was on the Ashley Madison database, they had a huge opportunity to meet each other that way. All right. Well, that that is the Canada news that I have found. Um, there really, again, hasn't been a, a whole slew of names coming out of Canadian politics. But, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what's coming? Uh, we wait with bated breath. <laughs> All right. Can I take this one? Moving on. I <laughs> hope oh, she does that. <laughs> Peru. So in Peru, there was some officers of Mossack Fonseca were raided with about 20 agents from the um, Peru's tax agency. They were searching and seizing whatever documents they could lay their hands on, uh, mostly belonging to a moniker Yakaza cleric. Um, probably entirely botched that pronunciation, so apologies there, but not for the rest of it. <laughs> Monica's house. They went to Monica's house. <laughs> yes, and there's always something fun happens when a Monica gets raided. We know that from past years. Uh, the statement from the from the government agency was that the search was done in order to thoroughly investigate her and also check for possible connections that she would have had with the Panama Papers case and with Peruvian taxpayers. Um, a carefully worded statement. Uh, so that that yeah. scares me a little bit. That's kind of like just in case, and since it's here, we're gonna just take all these things. That's the high level we have of that one. Yeah, we <laughs> uh, we could move right on and cover. El Salvador. Let's. So recently the officers of Mossack Fonseca were uh, also raided there. Uh, Again, authorities seizing documents and uh, this time computer equipment as well. (laughs) Again, with the same intent of what the heck have you been doing? Well, and again, with the same timing um, with the attorney general of El Salvador saying that conveniently enough, the Mossack Fonseca sign had been removed from the exterior of the office the day before and an employee, when questioned, an employee stated that the firm was moving. 
it does make you think that they're going to try and move around. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few months that Mossack Fonseca renames themselves. Maybe that we'll be integrated, you know, we'll be here at the law firm Sparkling Zinf. <laughs> yeah, that, but that doesn't sound as delicious. We'll have to think of a good name for them. In all of our show notes, we've just been calling them MF, which I feel is equally appropriate. <laughs> bad MF. Bad, bad, MF. bad, bad, bad MF. <laughs> so... There, there's your behind the scenes, kids. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Let's see if it makes the edit. <laughs> Moving on. New Zealand. Don't worry, South Pacific. We didn't miss you. It's not all flag votes and Kiwis going on over in New Zealand. The New Zealand elites were just bragging about how few figureheads were actually named in the Panama Papers only to find out that they were linked to this whole scandal in another way. Um, the leaked Panama paper excerpts show that Mossack Fonseca was actually bragging to clients about how weak New Zealand laws were around foreign trusts and um, how New Zealand was going to be the next place that they kind of expanded their shell company set up into so uh you guys get all your power rangers lined up guard those tax laws oh uh, they should get the all blacks and do the hacker in front of the mossack one second fuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see him break through this scrum uh-huh yeah T take him down boys take him down <laughs> red cross very red Cross. So one of the super shadiest bits of news coming out of this Mosek Fonseca dump is uh, some of the names of the shell companies that have been set up and used. Um, they tried to very specifically and intentionally use high-minded names like uh, Faith Foundations. They also set up the beneficiary of these companies to very altruistic companies like, let's say, the International Red Cross. Now, maybe you're saying to yourself, oh, they set up the beneficiary of one of these companies to the Red Cross. That's that's so good of them. But it's not. And here's why. They did not need to disclose to the beneficiary that they were designated as the beneficiary. So, i.e., ergo vis to wit, the Red Cross had no idea they were being used in this fashion. Right. So let's say you're an African drug lord and you have the shell company set up and something happens to you. Like, let's say you die in a conflict somewhere and the Which assets... Which equates as natural causes. Sure, sure. And your assets get passed along to the beneficiary, which is the International Red Cross, and they go, great, we've got this flood of money. We can use it to, you know, go help people in, let's say, a conflict zone. And then people start looking at where they're getting their money from. And now the International Red Cross is being funded by African warlords. So unwittingly funded. 
Right. Well, but it doesn't matter because that's where the money came from. So the Red Cross was slightly cross (laughs) when they found out that this this is what was being done to them. Yeah. <laughs> There's no positive spin on that whatsoever. I mean, you could try and argue, well, the beneficiary was the International Red Cross, wasn't it? They got they got all the money in the end. Not really the way this works. Right. Uh, when they are being used to disguise exactly how untoward and shady the dealings are towards it, it's it's kind of like Catholic priests diddling with kids and then saying but well, he's a man of god isn't he yeah no yeah it's it's not good on any level and although it is you know like what we were speaking of earlier although it is to the letter of the law legal as um panamanian law states that beneficiaries of a foundation can be used without knowing it kind of, you know, crosses that morally correct line. So <laughs> it drives a coach and horses through through the whole uh, immoral valley. Let's let's see what we can do. Yeah, it's uh, this whole thing is, makes my head hurt. And it's also worth remembering as well that oftentimes things will be described as being the tip of the iceberg. And I, I don't think that this is the tip of the iceberg. This is a chunk that has broken off from below the waterline and floated to the surface and it gives an impression as to how much bigger this thing is but Mossack Fonseca are just one of a number of players and they are far from the biggest one in this as we've pointed out before far from the biggest one so what else are we not being told what else is now being thoroughly hidden away from anybody else with prying eyes what else are we never going to know and some people may wonder well what really is the side effect of this it doesn't affect me any i don't have any money out there but you have to consider the quantity of money and how much of it is being hidden from so many places around the world that actually need that money in their economy yeah you you had mentioned earlier um talking about the UK and And all of the steps of towards the austerity that they've been Mm -hmm. driven to and all of this money that's being hidden and, you know, essentially laundered on the way back out to the individual shareholders is money. That's not being um, reinvested into our nation's economies and put towards things like, I don't know, are failing infrastructure and um, schools and hospitals and the money that does require being spent then has to be made up for because there is a shortfall has to be made up from from our pockets. So, yes, this does affect everybody. The money that is being hidden is not simply hidden from view like 10 bucks falling down the back of the couch in quarters. Oh, bugger, we'll get it out in pieces later. You know, it. It's much deeper than that in that it does have a real direct and tangible consequence on the health and welfare of the economy. And the people with the money are utterly insulated from it. Uh, as one Tory politician put it, they, 
These people have fallen into a wealth trap and are deserving of our pity. Yeah. Well, these are also the same people who are saying that most people don't deserve a living wage. And how dare someone ask for $15 an hour just to flip burgers? Yeah. Well, you know what? Inflation's a bitch. And rather than take somebody and drag them down, everyone should be trying to pull everyone up. Yeah. There's no reason the, that somebody should be working 60 hours a week, regardless what the job is, and not be able to pay rent. Yeah, and what we've been able to prove since the time of Reagan is that trickle-down economics does not work. Being pissed on by whatever manner of means you call it does not work. We need to float the boat, and that means you have to pour the economy into the underside of of where it's going to be spent. You got to put if you want to raise the economy up, you have to put the money with the people who are going to spend it. Uh, I, we're going to get off topic if we're not careful, but the fact of the matter is, the Panama Papers do affect you. All the other stories we've not heard do affect you. All this money is being drained from the economy, and essentially the money supply shrinks. And when the money supply shrinks, there's no fluidity and the economy starts to founder. And that's what we've all been seeing. What we've been seeing may have simply been the side effect of this going on for far too long. But enough of a moralizing sermon. Um, should we move on? I think, I think we have said all there is to say for this week. In that case, it's just time for the factory whistle. <laughs> You've been waiting to do that. I had to drink it down that far to get the note right. <laughs> Audio Cryptic Word Search. We'll return next week in episode 13. In that case, denouement. All right. Well, this was a quick hit, not as quick as we wanted it to be, but quick hit single topic sub episode. So we aren't going to bother too much with the uh, uh, ceremonies at the end of this episode. Yep, our apologies to Mr. James Secord, who had graciously provided his time at the Wixford Orphanage Sanitarium and School of Music, and we're going to have to delay that broadcast by two weeks. Um, if you've been impacted or have any commentary on the above stories, please feel free to get in touch. <laughs> yes, if uh, you can take some time away from doing the backstroke in your piles of money, like Uncle Scrooge McDuck, uh let us know. Our website is www.radio-podcast.net and all of our contact information's on there. All right. That'll do us. Uh, let me wipe down this table and we can get out of here. <laughs> Mr. Secord, will you please play us out? Hey, is there anything left in that bottle?